Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of UC Berkeley, Our Story. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different. I'm sure you are used to John interviewing our guest speakers, but today he will be talking about his own story and experiences. I am super excited to have my co-host as our guest speaker and to shed light on his research work and contributions. So, John, I will pass it over to you. Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Thanks for the great intro, Lindsay. Yeah, I'm super excited to be in the shoes of our guest speakers. And I'll just start off about saying that, you know, I'm in the MTM program with Lindsay. We're both, you know, taking this intensive one-year course at UC Berkeley and UCSF and doing a capstone project with this. I just graduated from UC San Diego with a BS in bioengineering biotech. I've been there for the past four years and I just moved up this past summer. Currently, I'm still working at Calico Life Sciences, which is in South San Francisco. I interned there in the summer as a lab automation intern, and that's been really fun. Previous to that, I was working in a couple of research labs at UC San Diego. I was a very big research fan um, in academic research. And one time I just wanted to be a professor until I realized that the academic realm was not as glorious as I thought. Um, but there I worked in Dr. Liang Fang Zhang's lab. I was a nanomedicine lab. I worked in the immunology part of it. Um, then I also worked in Dr. Bernard Paulson's lab, working on kinetic modeling of enzyme models, and then Dr. Adam Engler's lab for a little bit, working on image processing of one of their assays for their cover slips. Beyond the academic and professional pursuits that I have, I'm really into photography. I got a camera, my first camera, from my partner's parents when I graduated, and I've just been messing around with it since and try to take some classes at UC Berkeley for it. Also very big in working out I have a coach in the Philippines that I started with in the pandemic, and I meet with him virtually three times a week just to work out, which has been challenging, but I've learned how to convert time really well with the, the difference in time zones. And beyond that, I enjoy spending time with my friends and family. Thank you for sharing your background, John. So in your autobiography, you have mentioned the novel the Hot Zone by Richard Preston. Could you tell us a little bit about what the book is about, as well as the inspirations that you gained from it? Yeah, so I actually read this novel, Hot Zone by Richard Preston, back in my AP environmental science class back in high school. I think everybody in my class was not as interested in environmental science until we got to this part, especially because during this time, it was actually the Ebola outbreak in um, 2014 that was occurring. And so it was very much real and kind of like we were learning about these themes that were happening at the same time they were, you know, actually occurring in the real world. And so in that book, it's talking about how Ebola was first discovered. And I highly recommend it for anybody who's interested in like infectious disease and epidemiology, it really goes into the depth of how people can trace contact, go through contact tracing, and especially in Africa, where you think there's not as much infrastructure developed for that, people are still able to, these amazing scientists, still able to find where patient zero might have occurred and where it could have crossed over into humans, though it's not 
exactly certain once you read it. In terms of the inspirations that I've gained, I think I was really inspired at one point to become a virus hunter myself. I really wanted to go join the CDC, suit up into like a space suit and get into like level four biosafety lab and start working. And then through college, that was kind of like my inspiration. In fact, when I first joined or when I first got to UCSD, I was a CS major and I really wanted to work on sequencing the genome and seeing if we could elucidate any different effects of viruses mutating through computer science methods. Eventually, I did switch because I realized I didn't want to be behind the screen. And I definitely wanted to be in the wet lab where I felt like that's where most of the hot zone research was occurring. And that's literally the term they use to describe the labs that deal with these like viruses. So switched to nanoengineering um, and then switched to bioengineering uh, to finally get to where I am today. And I'm still very much inspired in going into infectious disease. But right now, I think I'm exploring more of the cancer immunotherapy realm, especially with my project in the MTM program, as well as at Calico, where our focus is on aging. I'm really interested in kind of seeing how the immune system ages. Thank you for sharing that, John. I will definitely check out the book. It sounds like a very interesting novel. And also, I think it's very highly relevant in status quo with the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. So kind of transitioning over to your experiences here at Cal, I was wondering how has it been different for you at UC Berkeley and UCSF compared to UCSD, where you did your undergrad? I think I'll start off with UC Berkeley. My brother, older brother and older sister actually went to Berkeley. One of them finished in public health. And I think the other one finished in social work or psychology, actually. Um, and so I'm kind of very familiar with the area. My brother actually lived just diagonally across behind me from the building where I live now, which is crazy. And I can still remember whenever I walk past my sister's building. When I first came to Berkeley, During those times with my siblings, I thought it wasn't the place where I would fit in. And coming here now, four years later, I've, or maybe even more than that, I've come to realize that there's so many different communities and I've found my place where I fit in uh, with the MTM program. There's a lot of inspiring professionals here who really want to make an impact in people's lives, whether that be through startups, whether that be through studying for med school and going off in that realm, doing a lot of research. There are so many different cultures here and communities where you can find your place and make your home here at UC Berkeley. I think compared to UCSD, it's probably not as research heavy as I've imagined. At UCSD, they really focus on trying to get you into a lab your first year. And here I have a lot of different mentees from my high school that eventually went to Berkeley and they've been telling me that it's so hard to get into labs sometimes. Compared to UCSF, I would say UCSF is more on the professional side. So kind of going back, not to say that UC Berkeley isn't professional, it's just that UCSF, when you step onto the campus, you feel like you're in a different world. If you go to Mission Bay, like the campus is so new and it looks 
so shiny. And when you step inside the halls, you feel like everybody else is a doctor or studying some type of medicine. And so I would say like you're expected at a different you know, professional level at UCSF. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I feel like when you're, like you said, you feel like you're in another world. It's very different because we don't have an undergrad population at UCSF. It's all professional school. And although it can be a little bit intimidating at times, I think it's a good environment to be in because you're constantly surrounded by people that you look up to and that you aspire to be and people that you want to emulate. So I think it's a, it's very, it's a very unique program that we get to explore two different campuses, two different highly reputable institutions. So to me, I think that is one of the main factors that drew me to the program. And I'm sure a lot of people can say the similar thing. So yeah, going back to the MTM program, what brought you to the MTM program? How did you find out about it? There's a lot of factors that brought me to the MTM program. The first obvious one is that we work with Moose directly, or the previous director of the program, I should say, Moose O'Donnell, used to go to UC San Diego and give presentations about the MTM program. And he was very much connected to the alumni of my previous scholarship. And there have been a bunch of people from my scholarship that have gone into the program. I think the main story that I have with the MTA program, though, is really just understanding the kind of clinical space and the way we transition from bench research to translational research into the clinic. During the COVID-19 pandemic, I did lose my grandmother, and that was a very tough time for me. What was tougher for me was that I was actually working at a local startup here in the Bay Area, Augmented Bioworks, and we were working on a cure for COVID-19. It was basically a monoclonal antibody inhaler. During that time, my first round of internships, which was in the summer of 2020, it was kind of a weird time for me because, you know, I was working on kind of like a potential cure for COVID-19 at the same time, you know, like I couldn't get it to her. She's also in the Philippines, so spatially it wouldn't work out. And then she had passed away in the following May of 2021, and in which that following summer, we got into phase one. And it was just devastating to me that, you know, I'd been working on this thing for such a long time. And it just never got to that point where you know, I could proudly and give it to her to you know, potentially cure her disease. That's what really brought me to the program is trying to, to understand how we could get cures like those out of startups like these. You know, these they might have these breakthrough cures, but they really just don't have you know, the resources to get it to the clinic. So that MTM aspect with the translational medicine is what really attracted me. Thank you for sharing your story, John, and I'm so sorry for your loss. It's very admirable that you have joined the efforts to intercept the spread of COVID-19, and I'm confident that you will continue to make an impact in our community. I wanted to ask, kind of extending on the topic of the MTM program, what has been your favorite part about the MTM program, and do you have any activities that you want to suggest that we do together as a cohort? Yeah, I think we've had a previous speaker, Olashina, on the show before, and he's said it. So definitely the people. We bring such an amazing cohort, and our administration does a really good job of 
scouting out people and bringing them into this program. We're very diverse. We come from all walks of life. And uh, with that brings a lot of experiences and a lot of knowledge that I haven't seen or experienced myself before. So everybody's really friendly. I think I kind of wish that I hadn't sprained my ankle in the beginning of the semester and (laughs) whatnot. So I could, you know, get to know everybody better. But this is just a shout out to the program. If you're looking for a program, master's program that has really tight knit community of diverse people from again, you know, all these different professional backgrounds, the MTM program is for you. In terms of activities, I would suggest to do as a cohort, and there's a lot going on in the cohort all the time. I feel like everybody goes out weekly, and that's great. I feel like there's a lot of bonding potential with that. I think it would be great to have more outdoorsy activities, maybe, or kind of a little bit, I wouldn't say introverted activities. I'd say just less exciting, maybe. So like board game nights might be fun. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing, John. And yeah, I totally agree that it's, it can get a little hectic, and it's hard to keep up with all the activities that are going on at times. But I think that's also one of the things that makes our cohort so exciting is that you don't ever feel alone. And you can, I'm sure you can attest to this as well. But you can honestly just go on the group chat and say, hey, do you want to, does anyone want to grab lunch? And there's always going to be someone who's down and down to hang out with you and spend time with you. So I think that's one of the wonderful parts about um, being a part of this cohort and this tight-knit community that we have within the program. So kind of moving on to your own personal interests, I was wondering if you want to tell the listeners about any hobbies that you have, any passions that's outside of that are outside of academia and research yeah for sure as i mentioned before i'm really into photography getting into that i'm hoping to do some grad photos for people i feel like that'd be really exciting so we'll see Uh, and i'm really into working out beyond that i have been involved in kind of like self-help type of things so whether that be reading self-help books or just working on habits and whatnot. I really like doing that stuff. And I'm also very passionate about looking into the healthcare system. So I made a note earlier about my sprained ankle and getting care for that has been the most difficult part of my career so far here. Like first off, I've my parents like had switched insurance and so we were basically on a new insurance plan and so i didn't know how to navigate that and also i moved to the bay area so i used to get care from uc san diego health which was really convenient because it's literally on the campus and now i couldn't do that and so i was a little lost in how to do it here and through a bunch of phone calling and waiting and waiting and lots of more waiting i was able to finally get care but i'm very passionate about trying to improve that system or at least navigate others through it because you don't really think about these things until you know an unfortunate event occurs and so it's better to be prepared in my opinion so nowadays i have crutches and braces and everything you can think about for treating ankle sprains and i hope eventually i can spread that knowledge onto others 
Uh, hopefully they don't have an unfortunate accident, but you know, just to prepare them. Uh, beyond that, family and friends is very important to me. Yeah, just addressing the healthcare part that you talked about. I absolutely agree. You hear other people's stories and their accidents, unfortunate events and challenges. But when you yourself are going through it, it's also a completely different experience for sure. And I was wondering, as a San Diego local, do you have any restaurants and places that you want to recommend to the listeners? I can hardly call myself a local, to be honest. I feel like I might not be the right person to ask for this question sometimes just because there's always just a select few places that I go to just because I like it a lot. I don't really, you know, try to spread myself out a lot because it's, I don't know, for food, at least for me, sometimes I'm just the, oh, if it's reliable, it's old reliable. Like, I'm just going to keep going there. But there's Convoy Street, which is kind of known as like the Asian food place hub of San Diego. And so you can find a bunch of different places here. Lots of K-barbecue places, pho, Thai food, everything pretty much. There's Mira Mesa, which is more of the Filipino area, I'd say, or National City. Um, so lots of Filipino food, Jollibee, Seafood City, which is great to go to. In terms of other food, there's Little Italy, which is also really nice. And they serve Italian food. There is a lot of other things to do in San Diego. I think this is where the outdoorsy stuff does happen, though. Definitely have to go out there and experience it. There's Gliderport, which is only five minutes away from UCSD campus. You kind of just walk across the street and you can see some beautiful sunsets out there as well as I think it's called paragliding. I've never done it before, but you jump off a cliff, <laughs> which is pretty scary. But I've always wanted to try it. So maybe I'll go back and do that. The beaches are really nice. So we have, I think, one of the most unique beaches because we have like cliffs first. So you would hike down the cliffs and then the beach would be down there, which is really nice. Yeah, I think there's also potato chip rock that's very popular in San Diego. So it just looks like a potato chip that's overhanging. And I highly recommend anybody is there in San Diego, you visit it soon because I've heard rumors that it's going to snap off very soon. Uh, because a lot of people visit it, uh, not to scare you, but to encourage you all to visit it while it's still there. Thank you so much, John, for sharing your story and your experiences. So that wraps up this episode with John Ventura. To our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to UC Berkeley, our story with your host, Lindsay Park and John Ventura. We hope you enjoyed listening to John's story and experiences in the biotech industry and the academic research realm. If you're interested in hearing more about the stories of the members of our UC Berkeley community, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Please feel free to check out the links and resources for the show details, and see you all next time.